to Bebop Banter, the internet's premier anime podcast. I'm your host, Wes, and I'm pleased to say on this late night recording, I'm not alone. I'm joined by Demetrius. Yo ho ho, we took a bite of gum gum. And Saeed. It's time to dance. Ooh, with the change up there. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what could these what could these intros mean? I guess we'll have to we'll wait a little bit to find out. It might be tied a little in with our our theme for today's podcast. But before that, we have some business to take care of. Uh, First piece of that is our Instagram. Right before recording this, we all checked the Instagram and we noticed that we're, we're a nice little eight followers away from the good old, the good old 100, the one zero zero, which for some people may not be that huge of a deal, but for us, you know, we've been doing it for less than a year. It's a huge passion project. And started from the ground up, ground up with pretty much just word of mouth. And it feels great to see this community coming together. It feels great to just have all these anime fans kind of joining with us and taking the taking this leap, this leap of fun and just a goal that we've wanted to do for a while. So thank you. Let your friends know we can get to 100. That would be spectacular. It would it would help us. Ooh, swanky. It would help us, you know, maybe get some some other things. Some other some other balls rolling with some stuff. And nice little segue to you know what else can get the ball rolling? Some some Apple Podcast reviews. And again, a big shout out to the people that have been rating us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify doesn't let you rate that or anything, but hit us with a follow if you have that. As we've mentioned before, if you leave us leave us a, a nice review, we'll read it over feature it on the podcast and you know you could leave a manga manga recommendation in there we'll check that out too so right now i'm proud to say even though it's just two reviews we're sitting at that five star boys we're sitting at five star podcast yes yes so yes so i'm be reading we it's two reviews one of them left some one of them left some kind words so i'll be reading that this review comes from friend of the show he's been featured before on our fans giving um event we did last november featuring anime collections brett emmerich and he says the premier anime podcast there's a reason these guys refer to themselves as the premier anime podcast it's because it's true why thank you west side and demetrius are the three best people i could think of to run an anime podcast because of get this how knowledgeable they are they cater information well to people who are just getting into anime or for those who are seasoned vets not to mention, they sound like podcast veterans and how they deliver content. I'd recommend this now, let podcast me tell you, to anyone who's interested. Let me tell you. First of all, anime. thank you, Brett. But Brett, I don't know what 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 podcast you're listening to. We're thank we're you not knowledgeable at all. You know, we don't do research. What hey, us? We don't know what that is. Dog, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. But again, these these five star reviews, you know, they really help us get noticed. They really help us get out there, and They'll help us get the ball rolling on some things. We've talked about, we've thrown a lot of ideas onto the onto the little idea board that we have on our walls here. Lots of stuff gets left on the cutting room floor that maybe we can bring back. And one of those things is a giveaway. 
I know we've had some really good involvement with this giveaway. We had some great community feedback and a decent amount of entrances too for what is a kind of beginner uh, Gundam model. So we will be announcing the winner on this podcast. We'll be announcing this at the end of the podcast. So everybody waiting for the drum roll, waiting for us to announce the winner, just sit back, get comfortable, and get ready for an action-packed, information-packed podcast on something something that we all know, something that uh, we've all been exposed to, but we might not have been aware. And you know what? Why don't we just jump right into that, Demetrius? Hit him with the... Hit them with the knowledge of what we'll be talking about tonight. Oh, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about four kids. That's that's right, four kids, the infamy of four kids. Ooh. Now, back in our heyday, four kids was actually a really good thing to see come up. Saturday mornings, one of those things you just wake up, wait for Yu-Gi-Oh! to come on, see Yu-Gi-Oh! cheat his way to the top, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, believe in the heart of the cards. I'd actually I'd actually have soccer games on Saturdays and this is how this is going this is how far back this goes. I'd have my mom use a VHS to record the shows on Four Kids on Saturday mornings so that I could watch it with my friends VHS. when I came back from the soccer game. That's a VHS for you youngins out there. That takes me way back. Four kids, like any company, like any production TV studio, started off much, much earlier than I even knew I had to do a little digging, a little research. And I think these facts will actually surprise a lot of you. So I'll just jump right into it. So four kids actually started in the 1970s. Ooh, whoa. Yeah. As Leisure Concepts Incorporated. Yo, that sounds like some dirty stuff. That sounds like some. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It Ooh. sounds a little uh, like a little getaway or something. Yep, yep. A little lewd for my taste. Ooh, Ooh. Too lewd, too lewd. So it began as Leisure Concepts Incorporated in 1970 by two notable people. We're looking at a Mike Germakian. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yo, that sounds like the name of a guy that would start a company that would later bring anime. Germakian. Mm-hmm. And a Stan Wetson. Now, <laughs> Mike Germakian. I hope I'm pronouncing this right. He is actually the later creator of Thundercats. Oh, ho! Yeah, and uh, Stan Wetson is the uh, creator of G.I. Joe and Captain Action. Some real American heroes. Exactly. Thank you for your service to all the American heroes out there. I know you're listening. Yeah, yeah. But throughout the 1970s and the 1980s, um, they made some interesting company moves. Even though they were small, you know, starting up, like any great company, <coughs> backlog bebop, <laughs> bebop banter. Um, that was perfect because I actually did have to cough. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they created, of course, like I said, Thundercats from uh, Gramatian's ideas, and they started to license products, people, even concepts, and they spread their name throughout TV and any other uh, marketing that they could get. Um, fun fact is I read that they even got Farrah Fawcett involved in her Charlie's Angels days. Great days. Um, they were kind of involved with the Hulk, James Bond, 007. And really, yeah, they, Mm. they got their fingers in the pot. That's what I'm saying. So they, they were doing this in a really, uh, versatile and smart way. 
And uh, in 1987, they made a pretty big power move that I saw with Nintendo of America Incorporated to market one of its uh, growing popular software to the systems. Okay, okay. I love me some Nintendo, so I'm intrigued. Nintendo was good. They also gained the right to market, you guessed it, Mr. George Lucas Star Wars. Hmm. So, Dang. Yeah, they, they came from, they did a lot. I was reading this like a book. It's, it's crazy. And then here comes the part where, you know, as kids, we kind of get involved. So in 1992, Leisure Concepts Incorporated, or LCI for short, they made a subsidiary called 4Kids Productions. And they focused on acquiring and licensing and American, of course, dubbing and uh, distributing Japanese anime. Um, and they actually had another subsidiary called Summit Media Group, but we're not focusing on that. Big piece is, big piece. Yeah, we're all four kids. We love the We're kids. all four kids here. Mm-hmm. I'm still a kid. They're the future. I am the future. Oh, my, oh. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Keep that inner kid alive, folks. And so they officially changed their name to Four Kids Entertainment in 1995. I was yep. one year old. They were making power moves yeah. when we were in diapers. They were setting it up. They were setting it up. So this is uh this is the two thousands that we all like to remember. So they were airing uh Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Monsters, in which they had to went through a different thing with Fox in order to set up the Saturday morning lineup. Yep. Classic days. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was a lot. I actually got a whole list a whole list right here of things that I remember and things that I actually I don't remember as much. So like you mentioned, Yu-Gi-Oh! was a big one on 4Kids. And it still remains, even though it's not on 4Kids anymore, uh, it still remains a huge franchise that they kind of helped springboard to the West. They also had things like, let's see, a little bit of a Kirby right back at you, which was fully CG. Let's talk about future forward in anime, am I right? I wanted to make the Kirby noise, but I'm just going to full disclosure that that would have sounded really terrible. <laughs> yeah, we, we we'll skip over that one for now. But um, also there, there are some other little hits there that I think got some cult following in the U.S. when they didn't sell as well in Japan, like Shaman King, which was, at least for me, huge on four kids. Shaman King was actually the first manga volume I ever read in the fifth grade. It's excellent with uh, them bringing it over to the West. There were other more obscure series that they pulled out, like Fighting Foodons, if anyone remembers that. Um, Again, a huge change in title. We'll talk about 4Kids changes later on. Other things like Ultimate Muscle was another title change going on. Magical Dore Mi, Mew Mew Power, which was an adaptation of Tokyo Mew Mew. Uh, Dinosaur King even, again, another obscure anime based Mm -hmm. on a Japanese card game. And they even showed some tokusatsu shows like Ultimate Taiga. For those of you, since this is, it's not not a toku or tokusatsu podcast. For those of you who don't know, that's more of the Power Rangers type, Ultraman type show where you have live action actors in suits normally growing to ridiculous proportions fighting each other out. So there were a lot of, there are a lot of big shows. Saeed, what was the what was the one thing that I think I I might have might have skipped over though that four you, kids you skipped over the um uh, the infamous four kids one piece. Oh Ooh. my goodness. Yes, yes. The the introduction most westerners got to one piece was four kids. 
why don't we start with why don't we start with that four kids one piece dub what are, he, what are our thoughts Saeed, the the resident <laughs> one piece expert of our group okay what are your thoughts on the the good old four kids dub okay I'm going to bring it back chronologically. So when I was a kid and I'd watch four kids or whatever Saturday morning cartoons or whatever, and I saw One Piece, I actually liked it. I had no idea it was an anime and I had no idea there was an actual like legitimate sub and dub for it. But (laughs) in hindsight, it's like one of the worst adaptations I've ever heard. The censorship was insane. It's it's comical if you go back and look at it now. And it had one of the greatest openings of all time. <laughs> and it the did, greatest. yeah. I was waiting for you to say it. I was waiting for you to say it. The greatest. Dreams come true. Yo! Don't give it up, Luffy. Don't give it up, Solo. Don't give it up, Navi. Don't give it up. He says the greatest opening of all time. It, we're not. It's a banger, this. bro. It's a banger. It's a banger. Just it like turn it up on your stereo system and roll down your windows. <laughs> I don't. I still remember the lyrics. It's embarrassing. I don't know how. I still remember. It, it's so catchy. It was so oh, catchy. Chopper's Chopper's Doctrine. <laughs> yeah, Chopper's Doctrine. You gotta. <laughs> you gotta just look up. Usopp's doing that marksman thing. Oh my oh god. god. Dude, Zolo is all about Zolo. Oh my god, Zolo. Zolo. Oh my god. Go do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube, look up the One Piece Four Kids opening. You don't have to watch the dub because as Saeed said, it's trash. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. It's it's, it's a it's a prime example. Sanji of- himself. Oh. oh my god. Are you telling me Sanji doesn't smoke cigarettes? <laughs> but he, no, he, he has lollipops. He, he's a sucker for He's a sucker for suckers. He, yeah. he loves lollipops in the four kids dub. Just and he sounds. Hey, he you sounds guys like, want to fight? Sounds, you got one. That's exactly like how he sounds. I don't even know what. Oh man, this, skip the skip the four kids one piece anime because, as we'll talk about with later shows, they changed a lot in Quite censorship and just in some of the ways it was presented and some of the dialogue and storylines too. Yep. Yeah. Oh Storylines. But the opening, oh boy, opening's probably the best thing that ever happened. Yu Gi Oh's opening too was like pretty yeah, good. Let's, let's talk about Yu Gi Oh. Yeah, Yu Gi Oh in general. Mm-hmm. Because Yu Gi Oh was, I think, a successful, a successful four kids. Yeah. Dub over, but there is one thing, Demetrius, that you did not know until recently when we were discussing the concept for this podcast. Yo, this shattered was my made whole world. Up. Shattered my whole world. It mind crushed your whole world. It my, did mind crush. For for our good listeners out there, Demetrius, what did four kids insert into this adaptation of Yu Gi Oh? They inserted the Shadow Realm. So apparently, the Shadow, the Shadow Realm. Realm is not an actual concept in the original source material. It was made up and created by four kids and inserted. Yup, in the original Yu-Gi-Oh people, people just died from playing card games. There was no get sent to the Shadow Realm. People legit just died. So when you see Joey's body parts disappearing in his duel against Merrick, or you see Pegasus threaten to send Yugi to the Shadow Realm, no, 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 no. They're about to just 
they're about to get got. They're about to die. They're about to <laughs> duel to the death. Over a card games. Over a card game. They're about game. to die over card game so other smaller examples of changes for kids made i mentioned it when listing out some of these series they sh- they aired a show called mew mew uh power or meow meow power however you want to pronounce it but it's m-e-w m-e-w power they they changed the title to that from tokyo mew mew there was ultimate muscle which they changed a lot in story-wise i used to like that show yeah, it was. I thought it was decent. It's it's Kanikuman in Japan. Mm-hmm. Storylines are completely different. Characters are completely different. Dialogue is, of course, completely different. The you know what's crazy to me? I feel like Joey the character is not like Joey the character, like the the, the canon Joey. I don't even know if his name is Joey. Oh, oh, Jonichi. Jonichi is his name in Yu Gi Oh. Throwing it all the way back to the his Yu-Gi-Oh! name is Jonichi. Discussion. Jonichi. Yep. It He's is Joe Stark. Joe Yo, Joe probably. Stark. He probably has the Joe. tattoo on the back of his That's neck. That's actually there's actually fun fact. There's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. It actually works in English and Japanese for this title. Uh, in English, the translation is Yujo friendship. In Japanese, I think it might just be called Yujo because that means friendship in Japanese. Where it's Yugi and Joey kind of doing the bro, the bro grasp with their hands. Wow. If you think about it, Yu-Gi-Oh is just a game of stands. <laughs> in a way, in is a way. It, yo, well, let's table this because I would not be opposed to doing a full JoJo's Bizarre Adventure influenced everything podcast oh. somewhere down the line. Highly possible. That would be Very interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. But, but for kids, I think the overarching theme that we can all agree on is it was great that they brought so much stuff over and... It's crazy how much they changed and how much some people still might not know that they changed. Yeah. Because again, like not knowing I until a couple years ago, when I actually started watching the Japanese dub of Yu-Gi-Oh! or the subs of Yu-Gi-Oh!, I had no idea people just died. In fact, something not four kids didn't even ever bring over. There's a Yu-Gi-Oh! before the Yu-Gi-Oh! we know, which is based more on the original manga about just regularly playing card games where death was a common theme there too. But for kids, the overarching theme is that they just changed a lot to make it more family friendly. And while some people argue that that kind of takes away from the spirit and some people meme for kids. So you'll see on YouTube, like Evangelion for kids dub or kill a kill for kids dub. <laughs> Bully love Genuinely, Bully. genuinely funny. I'm pretty Bully sure that's what they call it on uh, the YouTube parody. Yeah, they did. They did. Wait, this a four kids up for kill a kill? No, no. Someone, someone it, memed it's a, it. It's a, oh. it's a parody. Someone memed it, and I think they changed. They changed um, the only one because she's my one of my anime waifus. The only one below Kyoko from Initial D. They changed Satsuki's name to from uh, Kiryuin Satsuki to Karen. <laughs> yeah, they did. Oh God. And, <laughs> that yo yo and instead of their instead of their regular suits uh when they use the the life fiber they're in like hot dog and hamburger suits tasty it was oh yo definitely tasty bro definitely. <laughs> one thing about Yu-Gi-Oh just going back to but, the censorship i didn't realize baby dragon <laughs> yeah, i didn't realize time wizard horrible combo oh my gosh i didn't realize how uh I didn't realize how much they really just like cut out. There's things you would never notice until you actually go back and compare the Japanese aired material versus four kids. 
They yep. edited out guns, um, cigarettes, certain parts of cleavage. Oh, yeah. Like, they edit out a lot, and you would never catch it. It goes beyond four kids, too, with respect to Yu-Gi-Oh, because you look at some of these cards, like um, Harpy Ladies, the Harpy Lady line comes to mind, where four kids censored, like, all the cleavage and all the skin out of it and changed character colors and that type of things. And as a result, the Yu-Gi-Oh card game, when it came out through Konami in English, had those same censorships to match the show and also mm. to appeal to a more family-friendly audience. So that kind of goes to what I was about to ask earlier was, you know, for kids, a lot of people make fun of it for making anime for kids, because as as a lot of us anime fans know, it's geared a lot of the times to an older audience. What are your guys' thoughts on on them actually doing this? I mean, for kids, just like how we talked about Toonami bringing anime to us as kids was, I, I would like to say for all three of us, a pretty big part in getting us into early exposure of anime so what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on four kids kind of dumbing down series a little bit and and would you like to see it maybe because there's no saturday morning cartoons anymore would you like to see it maybe make a return nope (laughs) (laughs) the reason i said nope immediately is because um i feel like for the west it it set one piece back valid point it kind of it kind of did actually because in terms of so what I would like to say about it is four kids did a good job of marketing it towards a very like a younger audience. However, when you couple that with how Toonami showed um, mm. the more mature themes and like what it's really going on, it kind of introduced like, hey, this medium has a different feel and this is why you should kind of watch it. So instead of actually trying to like couple it with how Western cartoons feel, it tried to separate it so i think toonami i respect toonami a lot for doing that but i also respect four kids for trying to i guess soften the change that's true that's true yeah because i remember um i remember waking up on saturday mornings and there'd be like the cartoon network saturday morning block or kids wb that uh also tried to adapt anime series i know they had the Mega Man battle network anime series as well that wasn't as heavily edited as four kids was so four kids really wasn't i didn't even think about it until you just brought it up in a unique situation where it was really one of the only companies out there that was super going in and changing the subject matter of a series to try to cater to an audience that they were trying to grab Mm -hmm. and i mean i like i said i really respect them for doing it but i don't think it necessarily has a place in today's society i don't think it would do as well is what i'm saying especially with all the especially bringing it back to our first podcast episode on toonami generation check it out uh, the, check it out the the rise of streaming nowadays you know you can if you are an anime family if you grew up watching anime or if you're just trying to get your kids into anime you can now pick and choose what you want them to watch and streaming sites have a variety of different content from stuff aimed at little kids to stuff aimed at people our age in the mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So there really isn't, I guess, too much of a need for it anymore. Mm-hmm. Which, unlike Toonami, I don't want to say it's a sad thing, because man, Saeed, I know you said after watching the four kids dub of One Piece and then that kind of going away, because I think it's it should be noted that four kids does not exist in the same form 
now as it does. I think it's what is it for licensing? For licensing or corporation. Now. For licensing corporation. Mm-hmm. They still do a lot of Yu Gi Oh shirts and licensing type of deals. But uh, Saeed, you said you didn't even want to watch One Piece after having watched the four kids dub for a little bit. Yeah, it was cool while I was watching, but it wasn't like something I was like, ah, whatever. Because mm-hmm. the story was like completely changed. Yeah. The tone yeah. of the story and everything was completely changed. And I didn't get back into One Piece until senior year of high school. Oh, the legendary, the legendary months of skipping <laughs> class to catch up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Caught up in like two, three months. And that's kind of where four kids kind of, that's where it kind of loses. It loses the respect of most anime fans even the ones that grew up on it like us when you actually go back and look like hey you changed this a lot like you you altered the story to the point where it's not even it's not even the same subject matter and eventually just going back into a little bit of history um of course they hit the 2008 area and then they lost they had to cut of course because of the economic crisis and then from there they started to have more issues they declared bankruptcy at some point between, uh, I think it's between 2010 and uh, 2015-ish. And then they declared another bankruptcy. So mm. it is no longer a corporation that is operational. It's defunct, as they call it. So oh. end of an era, but... End of an era, but it's it's not an end of an era that I think a lot of people are going to miss. Yeah. And I mean, it's like I said, it's something good to know and something good that I think was brought to the States. It was it was a great it was a great way to introduce it was it's like the other side of Toonami. Yeah. Yeah. There's two coin or two sides to every coin, two coins to every side. Are there Saturday morning cartoons anymore? Nope. They got rid of them. I think so. I remember I remember in undergraduate. I think it was when we were in undergrad. Um, they made a big deal that Saturday morning cartoons were ending, and oh, wow. it was it was saddening. But realistically, if you think about it, the the conversation about Toonami is you can go back and you can watch the shows that aired on Toonami, the English dubs of G Gundam, of Roroni Kenshin, of Yu Yu Hakusho, of Dragon Ball Z, and they have longevity to them. They have this this level of respect that people hold. But outside of how Mimi and catchy the one piece opening is and i guess how some people might love shaman king even though that was heavily changed and even Yu-Gi-Oh to an extent how much they changed that i'm still mind boggled over the shadow realm like you can't i was in denial when i first heard it i was like <laughs> no there's a shadow realm you no you're you're wrong but but outside of those there's a shadow realm in my heart <sighs> Should I be concerned? There I are eat? no weak cards in my grandfather's deck. Kaiba. <laughs> Kaiba was a savage, by the way. There's so many memes <laughs> right now, like Kaiba, that pop up on my Twitter. It's so funny. Yo, if people people going, before I say my, my major point here about four kids, and we wrap up and go to announcing <laughs> the winner, <laughs> just go on YouTube. I'm sorry. Go on YouTube and, and look at... At some of these like Twitch watches Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh my god. Meme highlights of Kaiba. Such a savage. It's Yo, so Kaiba funny. Kaiba is a super savage. <laughs> he changes the rules and stuff mid-game. There's one clip that sticks in my mind where it's when Kaiba and Mokuba have to prove Mokuba. To... Yo, Mokuba was wasn't Mokuba stupid? <laughs> <laughs> like Mokuba was pretty dumb and Yo, Kaiba it's, was it's... like, oh my gosh, Mokuba. 
Kaba didn't care about Mokubo at all until the writers were like, we kind of have to make him care about him. But there's this one clip where it's a flashback where Kaiba and Mokubo have to prove to their adopted father, Gozaburo, that they deserve to be members of the Kaiba family because Kaiba's first name is Seto. It's Seto Kaiba and Mokubo Kaiba. So they have to, like, he gives them just this small, like, $10 million loan or something. Just a small, small loan. And Kaiba, Kaiba, Kaiba and Mokubo are sitting there, and Kaiba starts, like, looking at Yu-Gi-Oh cards. He's like, this is all just a game just like a deck of Yu-Gi-Oh cards, as long as you have <laughs> half more or like one more than your opponent, you can win. So he like buys out this small mom and pop company and goes to the dude in charge. And this is just peak four kids Yu-Gi-Oh writing. He goes up to the guy in charge. and The guy in charge is like, why would you do this? Kai was like, I need money. So unless you pay me 10 times the 10 million that I bought 51% of your company for, I'm going to fire all of your employees and the dude is like well i guess i have no choice then here's your money (laughs) oh wow (laughs) and that's how kaiba made all his money in the four kids dumb so just go watch some of these watch some of these clips i mean if you want to torture yourself as a one piece fan go back and watch one of these one of these four kids one oh it's funny yeah i highly recommend it actually oh it's funny it's a good laugh it's funny Seto Kaiba had he he had some he had some fresh clothes though he was he was always he fresh. did oh dude the character designs in Yu Gi Oh in general I, I'm a big fan of character and card designs not afraid to say that I have a very expensive blue eyes white dragon deck that I bust out on occasion to... but why is he stronger than red eyes black dragon yo <laughs> discussion yeah, for yeah make, no, it, make no, the no. whole room See, if make you the watch... whole room no quiet. no check this out check this out. Check this out. If you watch the original Yu-Gi-Oh! movie before the Yu-Gi-Oh! we know, when there were really no rules and Yu-Gi-Oh! was just dual monsters and it was one game in the Yu-Gi-Oh! franchise, you would know that when Yu-Gi duels Kaiba, he actually has a red eyes in his deck that this one little kid gives him because the blue eyes is the strongest dragon, but the red eyes is the dragon with the most potential. And he fuses Red Eyes with Meteor Dragon to make Meteor Black Dragon, which then kills Blue Eyes, proving that potential is better than raw power. And a lesson has been taught to the child that thought he was not as good as Kaiba in Yu-Gi-Oh. So is, are we talking Ooh. about Mokuba or? Ooh. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's some random kid. It's some random. But yeah, so that's for, I mean, for for all intents and purposes, that's pretty much that is pretty much for kids and it was like like you said like it's mm-hmm. it is the end of an era but it did its purpose and i think i definitely applaud um the company's journey of how how far it came yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah they started off i had no idea they were back in the 70s with thundercats and georgia lucas and all that they started off small and they partnered with some huge people. They brought anime to an audience that maybe wouldn't have watched it in a forum that anime fans nowadays definitely wouldn't watch. And while they don't have longevity that Toonami does, you gotta you gotta respect mm-hmm. what they did. So with that, I I think I think boys, it's is was there, was there a giveaway we did? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I think there was. Is, there, is it time to announce the winner of this giveaway? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to be as transparent as possible with how we did this. See if they got a devil fruit. Ooh. So again, the the way that you entered was by following us, following the Gundam Kitchen, and then commenting below with your favorite mech 
from anime. We also accepted droids in some cases, like androids and that type of thing. Just to, you know, get some more variety in in answers. And if you tagged a friend, you got double you got double entries. So in my hand, right here, here's the paper. In my hand, I have a list of every person that entered. And each person that entered and followed all of the all the requirements. It's 1240 in the morning and this is take five of us recording this podcast yo no 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 we have take one all right everything we do is take one don't listen don't yeah don't don't listen to what West we're live said. every don't time listen to what West said. This is take every one. time in, in all reality we didn't get past maybe a minute <laughs> in every other recording because of this but um this is this is some fourth wall breaking this is us being real with you but in my hand, I hold a list of all of the people that entered, and each person was assigned a range of numbers based off of how many entries they got, with their entries being a combination of our first post and our second post that we did, and entries closed off on Thursday. It was a week-long entry. We got about 30 entries, which for a first giveaway, for a starter gunpla kit, a little Haro basic green, you know, that was that was pretty good. So shout out to, again, the Gundam Kitchen for helping us Get hooked up with some great deals. If you're in the Jersey area, check them out. Thank you, everybody, for entering. Definitely thank you. Mm-hmm, definitely. Thank you for entering. Thank you for the follows. Uh, throwing it back way back to the beginning of this podcast. We could do more of this. Leave some great reviews. Follow us. Show us that you're interested. And, you know, it was a starter gumplicate now. But with convention season coming up, and more stuff available for purchase. Who knows what we could be getting going on, especially as our first year anniversary comes up. So after tallying up the number of entrants and the number of people or how many entries each person had and assigning them numbers, I inputted it all into a randomizer. And in my hand, I can't shake it around because it's my phone. I hold a random number generator, one through 28, because that's how many 28 is the number of entries we got and once i click generate whatever number pops up i have the name and their favorite or have their instagram name and the name of the mech or android or whatever they put so boys would you like to count me down from three i'll I'll leave it up to one of you because just syncing issues three side is all you okay (laughs) okay three two one and i clicked it and congratulations to number 19 Number 19 is Vanessa Snodgrass. Her favorite mech from a series is Sinanju. Great, great design. Thank you for not selecting just another Gundam. Love the red paint. So, Vanessa Snodgrass, you are the winner of the Haro Basic Green Gunpla, the Haropla. Check your check your DMs here in a little bit. We can set up where we're going to be shipping it to you. And again, thanks for the follow. Thanks for the involvement. I know just because we we keep an eye on our Instagram and all social media as much as possible. You're rather you're a relatively new follower, so you know, stick around for a while. Let's let's get more of these going. Tell your friends, huh? And maybe tag us in the post once you get it in the mail and once you finish building it. But again, congratulations to Vanessa Snodgrass Congratulations, Vanessa. Congratulations. Who what? Congrats. That's a, that's a, all you had to do was follow and comment. And that's a free Gunpla right there. Can't wait to see what you do with it. And you're going to get to see all the stuff that we're going to produce in the future. Yup. It's, it's a win-win for everyone. So thanks everyone for entering. 
Thanks everyone for the interaction. Look forward to again as we get more reviews, we get more followers, and we approach our one year anniversary and convention season. Look forward to hopefully more things like this to come. Uh, thanks for listening to us just ramble on about our fond memories of four kids and different series and different moments. I think this was a really fun podcast for us to mm-hmm. do, especially mm-hmm. contrasted to our first episode about Toonami. And with that, I think, I think Saeed, you know what, you know what you got to say to him? Uh, I think so. To be continued. Ooh, peace. Ooh, thank you. Peace. Peace.